Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. It's Monday morning, and my God, so many things are happening, and at least we had a good weekend, and the sun was shining uh, in the studio with us. We got Judge Richard Weinberg, Common Sense Democrat, and a Common Sense Republican, uh, Congressman Peter King. And, well, whatever you are, Republican, Independent. Convict. Convict. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Six, another. Four, seven, eight. Uh, another day, we another arrest. <laughs> give us an update. What's going on with the migrants? What's going on in the streets of New York? Well, number one, you heard about 12 noon. Uh, Kathy Hochul, the governor, was crowing with uh, the feeling of success that she had convinced the Biden administration to allow her to use Floyd Bennett Field which is right on Flatbush Avenue on the way to the Irish Riviera, not far from Sid Rosenberg's house, to put 2,500 single able-bodied men there to house them there with nothing to do, nowhere to go. And, boy, that's a recipe for disaster for the Rockaways. And then Eric Adams, who just flew the coop to Israel, he weighed in and said, this is a good thing. So basically, this was the Ides of March for the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera, because you had Kathy Hochul and then Eric Adams sticking the shiv into them. Uh, and now they're going to have to react. I, I, John, I had told them three months ago, I had gotten information that they already looked at the ground. Well, I was, I was, you know, on Bruce Blakeman on Friday said, uh, Nassau County, no way. Not a sanctuary county. Yes. Okay. And I was uh, at the uh, uh, Suffolk County over the weekend, and they made a decision. Suffolk County, not a sanctuary county. So now you got the DMZ zone. Is that what you called it? Yeah. Uh, You know, (laughs) so you got Nassau, Suffolk County. No way are they going to accept any migrants. So what happens now? Well, the problem is, is that you don't have gates at the border. So you have a thousand single able bodied men at Creedmoor, a mile and a half, as Congressman King has pointed out, which they can take two buses outside the compound for free. They have free transportation to either Great Neck or Hillcrest. So they will try to seep into Nassau County. Any and- nice golf courses they could put up tents? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Ohika Castle. Oh, oh the Ohika oh, those Castle. Those Italians know how to take care of themselves. That's, right. that's in, uh, that's in mm-hmm. Suffolk County. By the way, the owner of Ohika, there was a story that he had a hotel up, uh, did you see that? Right where near he the wanted, border. Where he wanted them to be there. Right, and the town that? up there said, no way are we taking the illegals so, you know, in. Sid Rosenberg had his anniversary dinner at Ohika last that's week. That's right. Yeah. So, but I'm telling you, I could, Sid couldn't be more angry because he had been promised by the councilwoman, Joanne Ariola. don't listen to Curtis, they'll never be in Floyd Bennett Field, and now we have to organize. We could have done this three months ago. We could have done a preemptive protest right. and put the pressure on the federal government not to give them Floyd Bennett Field. Now it may be a fait accompli. Because both the governor and the mayor were aware of these negotiations for three months. Well, thank you, Curtis Lewa. You're going to be on at uh, seven oh five with uh, with uh, uh, Sid, Sid Rosenberg tomorrow morning, and you'll fill him in what happened overnight. I'm going to convince Sid to get arrested and, with and, me and, outside of wait, Floyd Bennett Field. If you, 
we have the theme song. Here it is. This is take me away. This could be your ensign theme song. Need any bail money? Let me know. I'll give you my credit. Well, this is the this is what Peter King says they should do with me is they should come and take me away. Right, you read more, right? Absolutely. Thank you, thank you, Curtis. Do we have Bill O'Reilly on? Keep up the fight. And joining us now is the great Bill O'Reilly, of course, mega best-selling author, host of Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every night, 9 to 10 p.m. And also, Bill, I heard you gave a great speech in the Hamptons over the weekend. Oh, really? I heard on a scale of 1 to 10, it was 11. Wow, wow. Bill, lots to talk and, about. Uh, we have a tape of it, and we're going to post it on WABC website with Bill's permission on it. Oh, okay, great. And Bill, by the way, what a disaster. First off, on all this migrant stuff, no end in sight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a duality here because I feel sorry for these migrants um, and they got to go somewhere. And then I feel angry about the Biden administration because they are so irresponsible. Um, I believe that you could impeach Joe Biden just on this issue alone, failing to enforce immigration law, that he took an oath uphold the laws of the United States. He gets in there the first day, he goes, I'm not going to uphold the laws of the United States. I'm not going to do it. And he hasn't. Um, so, you know, we're caught in a position now where these four people are suffering and there's a lot of children involved. And uh, now they're being, you know, whacked around here, there and everywhere. And it's Biden's fault. And uh, where's Biden? Biden's on his way to Hawaii. And what's he going to do there? I mean, it took him a, a week to figure out what was going on. The first question of Biden was, what are you going to do about Maui? And he said, no comment. Remember that? Yes. It's shocking. It really is shocking. And I want to say I appreciate uh, John Kesmatiz inviting me to talk to the swells in Southampton. You know, everybody had the nice uh, nice outfits on. And I I shook them up a little bit, uh, a little heavy dose of reality, which is what I do. But it was a fun uh, it was a fun day. And I understand uh, Mayor Adams is next week. Um, I don't want to frighten the Next mayor, week, we have Mayor Adams, uh, yeah. who, if he makes it back from Israel. Right, right. Number one. And we have uh, uh, John Poulos. You have everybody there. You have, you, you have everybody. You know that it's, name, it's... John Poulos? I don't. Dominion uh, Voting Machines. Oh. oh, that'll be an interesting oh. one. By the way, speaking of voting, Bill O'Reilly, uh, Trump has said he's not going to be part of the debate. Uh, your yeah. reaction? Well, Trump did two smart things over the weekend. Um, I don't know whether this is a trend or not. Uh, I wrote a message of the day on BillOReilly.com detailing, look, if Trump went to that debate and, you know, full disclosure, I talked to him. I don't know, about two weeks ago, and I said, you're insane if you go to that debate. Because all it would be would be a Trump-bashing forum. And then Chris Christie would say, oh, you're a felon. And then Trump would say, you're fat. And then, you know, what? I mean, come on, let's go. Do we really need this mud fest? Because the only hope that the Republican challengers have is to try to get Trump out of the race somehow and make him look bad. And no matter – as I wrote in the message today, again, on BillOReilly.com, Trump could be Socrates at that debate on Wednesday night, and the press would call him a schmo. It doesn't matter what he says, because the press is going to spin it negative, and they're going to, whoever attacks him the most, which would be Chris Christie, 
they're going to make him a hero. The fix is in. And the moderators can't stop it. How can they stop it? Can't stop. They couldn't stop Trump from attacking uh, in 16 uh, Jeb Bush. Trump took Jeb Bush apart. And the moderators couldn't stop it. They're not going to be able to stop Christie and, to a lesser extent, Nikki Haley from going after Trump and hit them with us. So why would, if you're up 40 points, which is what Trump is in the polls, why would you go into that? There's no upside at all. Not, and the second thing that he did, smart, was he was going to have a press conference tonight to tell about the evidence he has that he's innocent in Georgia. Well, wait a minute. That's not where the evidence should be presented. And, and so why would you give Fannie Willis and the people who are trying to take you out an advantage? If you've got something that's going to stop this, you put it on in discovery in a legal sense and get the case thrown out. Judge Weinberg knows this better than anybody else. If you got exculpatory evidence, you bring it to the judge and you say, hey, this is, look at this. That's how you don't hold a press conference. Because, again, it's not going to be reported accurately. Because, Bill, it's Richard Weinberg, because everything he says there will be taken apart and a cannon will be used against him at the trial. Sure. Sure. Look, we're at a point in our history, in uh, American history, where the media is simply not going to report what happens. And everybody has to realize that there aren't they just aren't going to report it accurately. So you stay out of situations that are dangerous. And both the press conference and the debate for Trump would be dangerous. By the way, did you see uh, that they just put out, what is it, $200,000 bond for the former president of the United How States? Come ask? I'm trying to find out what it didn't make, put on an ankle bracelet to make sure it didn't flee. $200,000 bond. They don't trust the Secret Service to uh, to keep track of it? Right, exactly. Like he's a flight risk. What, is he going to walk around with like a purple wig on and, and, and a fade the into clown, the woodwork? The are you kidding me? But this just helps Trump because the, the people who are not ideological, who are just regular folks, they're seeing this and they're saying, you know, look, I may not like Trump, but the fix is in here. They're trying to do everything they can to humiliate the man. This is not the way America should be. Yes, I think the, I think the people of the United States are finally realizing that something is uh, rotten in Washington. I'm glad you didn't say Denmark because my mother's Danish. How much time we have? How much time we have? We got a few more minutes. Go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Okay. By the way, so we also have a special guest from from the UK here. He just walked into the studio. We have Nigel Farage, and he's going to talk about his bank account that he doesn't have anymore in in the UK. And he's uh, and uh, Nigel, welcome to the United States. Always good to be here. Fascinating uh, to see what's happening ahead. I love that accent. Yeah, I love it. No, 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 no. no. And, I and speak, by the way, I speak Nigel, English. I haven't got the accent. You've got the accent. <laughs> and Nigel, you host a big show to too. The Farage TV. No, We're going to get to it in a moment. You got what okay. anytime you need. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I know, Nigel. My uh, my son's going over to Oxford in uh, a week, so. If he gets in trouble, I'm calling you. Absolutely. You no problem. I'll bail him out. Don't worry, Bill. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I got him covered over there. So I wrote a column on BillOReilly.com comparing Afghanistan to San Francisco. <laughs> wow. <So now> what? <laughs> and the theme of the column is that Afghanistan last is safe. week, yeah, exactly. last week um, there were reports out of Afghanistan that women there cannot leave their home without a male escort. 
cannot be educated, and have absolutely no rights whatsoever. All right, I'm reading a report. Well, who's, who's, who's at fault for that? Do I feel sorry for that? The United States gave Afghanistan and Britain, too, 20 years, 20 years to develop a civil society. Did the Afghans fight for their freedom? Did Actually, they Bill, they did. 60,000 Afghans were killed over the last 20 years. 60,000 in a country of 38 okay. million. That's a lot. But, but, Congressman, if the majority of the people in Afghanistan didn't want the Taliban, the Taliban wouldn't be there. Not necessarily, right. not necessarily, because we no, train them, we I'm train them to fight 100%. with air support, and we, we pull the air support on them. Yeah, well, it was 20 years. It shouldn't have taken nearly that well, long. Well, Bill, 60,000 lives, that's an awful lot of people put their lives in the line to fight for what they believed in. I'm not saying the country as a whole acted right, but 60,000. It's the same thing in South Vietnam. There were many, there were over a million casualties, but in the end... They wouldn't fight for their freedom. Well, these people did fight. They were fighting to the end until we pulled out the air power on them and the air support. No, I don't and, buy it. And, and we pulled out the contractors who are operating the air support. I don't buy it at all. Uh, you should. You should, Bill. Learn what you're talking about. Years, no. 20 years is too long. We trained them. We armed them. And, and then we pulled the arm. And, and then and we pulled the rug out from under them. Then we pulled the rug out from under them. They didn't take the mantle of freedom, and ram it down the Taliban's throat. Well, it's easy they for us to say that. All right, that's just my opinion. Now, San Francisco. So it's in the doom loop, right? You can't go there. I just had a, per- a friend of mine call who's staying in the Embarcadero at the Park Hyatt Hotel and couldn't get any sleep because there was so much screaming and yelling on the streets below the hotel that it was, they thought people were being murdered, okay? Who's responsible for that? The voters of San Francisco, that's who they put these loons in and gave them power. And, and so Bill, we're going to have that problem. In, we're going to have had that problem in November right. in New York City. We got 51 city council seats uh, coming up out of 51. And we're going to, yeah, you know, we, 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 if we, ha- we have to have common sense. I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans, as long as they got common sense and, 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 and the one, we, we don't need any more loonies. Yeah, we don't. That's right. I mean, because Bill and I agree on San Francisco a thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad so you agree on that. The last line of defense for Afghanistan, San Francisco, Chicago, 40 people shot in Chicago over the weekend. 40, 4 zero. All right. Almost all of them African-Americans. Yeah. The African-Americans vote for the farthest left mayoral candidate they can possibly get. Exactly. So who's. Do you feel sorry? I feel sorry for the kids and for the old people. Bill O'Reilly, we got 90 days in New York to tell everybody enough is enough. Okay? And and we all have to work together because that's the next election that we have to worry about. All right. Thanks for having me on, John. Thanks for inviting me to Southampton. Thank you, Bill Uh, O'Reilly. I don't offend anybody out there. No, no. (laughs) they, They all loved you. And we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to come back with Nigel Farage, the number one show in Great Britain, and a special stop by here at WABC. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And joining us now is the man known as the father of Brexit. He's host of the Farage TV show. And he is the number one top news political talk show in the UK. And we love him. Nigel Farage, we're so happy you're here on Cats and Cosby. What brings you to New York? And is everybody overseas just shaking their heads with everything that's happening in American politics and everything else today? Well, I'm en route to Milwaukee, so I've just stopped by. I've come just to see you, obviously. Of course. Well, you set um, your standards, no which we appreciate. I'm off to Milwaukee this evening. No, I think the debate matters there on Wednesday. I think, I think there is a, a possibility. It may not happen, but I think this young guy, Vivek Ramaswamy, is really interesting and, and, and could you know, yet be the vice presidential candidate. Um, what a Brits thing. We just can't believe it. I mean, charge after charge after charge being laid against the 45th president of the USA. And you know, it's the same as here. Those that hate Trump will say, ah, that's proof he's a bad guy. Those that love Trump will say the whole thing's a complete conspiracy. Do you know this guy, Vivek, at all? I have to say, I think he's very interesting, John. I think he's positive. I think he talks about free markets. He talks about the American dream. Um, he talks about woke corporatism, which, of course, is what I've He made some accusations on. that some networks uh, asked him for money to be on so he could have better uh, ratings. What do you think? Well, I, I, whether that's true or not, I have absolutely no idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> now, by the way, you were, ta- you were talking about woke stuff. But, but, but I'll tell you what. The woke stuff, he's really strong on this. And, and you went through this with the so banks. I, you know, 43 years with the same bank, personal accounts, business accounts, account closed. No reason given. I did some digging. I found out the truth. I was sacked because my political views. Which bank was it? This is a National Westminster Bank. It's got 19 million customers. It's the biggest bank in the National UK. National Westminster Bank. Whoever does business with National Westminster Bank. Shame on that account. But this is happening in America too. And the banks are out of control. This this wokeism is running through the corporate culture. Uh, you see it in advertising, you see it in insurance, you see it in banking. So I've stood up and fought this, and I'm pleased to say the British government have responded and have said to the banks, you cannot behave like this, it's against the law. To close people down. But Is there any individuals in National Westminster that there are for? Well, there were, but some have been sacked, John, since I took them on. So the CEOs had well, to Well, you go. let us know. We'll take them on to the States. But there's an even bigger issue, guys, and it's this. The banks are willfully driving cash out of the system. All over the Western world, banks limiting withdrawals of cash and limiting wow. from small businesses the cash that can be deposited. And you know Why? We're headed towards what the globalists want is a central bank digital currency where they can totally control our lives. So, you know, we we talk a lot about cancel culture and comedy or whatever else it may be. The ultimate form of cancellation is getting rid of someone's bank account. And uh, as I say, this fight isn't just for me, isn't just for the UK. It's right across the Western world. Yeah, we're seeing it ever. I mean, one of the things you talked about Trump, I mean, I keep thinking about, we talked about the $200,000 bond that Trump yep, has now. Yep. Can you believe that on the president of the United States, but they John, a $200,000 bond? John, there's 100000 on his attorneys. On, I mean, it's <laughs> uh, like what they don't want people to represent him either. Now, now, Part let, of let our cancel culture, you know? I, mean, I hope the people of the United States of America realize what the heck is going on. This is... Dumb. It's insane. Well, Nigel, yeah. thank you so much. Not at all. Good to see you. you got to come uh, back and visit soon. We'll I will. I promise. Great. Thank you so Thanks. much. And now I think we have Ari Fleischer. We sure on? do. We have former White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer, who is here. Ari, uh, so much to talk about. The debates are coming up. 
And, you know, it's just two days away. What can we expect? Trump says he's not going to debate. What do you think is going to happen on Wednesday? Well, you know, it's kind of like the old NCAA brackets. You've got Donald Trump on one side and everybody else on the other side trying to get into the championship game against Donald Trump. And someone's going to emerge and the debate's going to be a huge part of whoever is the first to break out. Who do you think, who are you watching for? Um, and now does it change the dimension that of obviously Trump is not going to be there and he's going to be doing his own counter-programming too? Yeah, I'm really interested in seeing how Ron DeSantis does because if he doesn't have a stellar night, it's really hard for him to come back. I mean, this is his one best last shot. Beyond him, Vivek Ramaswamy is now capturing a lot of attention. I'm not sure why. I mean, he's got some really good ideas, and I, I suppose that's what's propelling him. He's 38 years old, and that gives me pause. It's an awful young age to be president of the United States. Um, Tim Scott, I'm fascinated by Senator Tim Scott and his uplifting story and his, his story about America and what a great country we are. I think that's, a, that's always a stirring message. Now, what about Chris Christie, Ari? He's going to come out swinging. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to make it for interesting moments. We just uh, I, we I just had uh, Bill O'Reilly on, and he advised uh, President Trump, don't don't you dare go to uh, just don't go to those debates because all you're going to do is it's going to be a uh, you're going to be a pinata, a, uh, yeah, a crapping match. <laughs> well, here here's the thing about Trump not showing up. Number one, it would be political malpractice for him to show up when he's up by 50 points in a Republican primary. But there's a flip side. And the flip side is the most important thing for Republicans is to get almost 82-year-old Joe Biden on the stage one year from now in the presidential debate. And when Trump sets the precedent that you don't have to show up, Biden can say, well, you didn't show up, so why should I show up? Uh, It'll be more high stakes for him to do that in the presidential debates in the fall. But that that's going to be an inconsistency Donald Trump's going to have to deal with later. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you think there'll be pressure in the general? Um, and even when John uh, John and I were talking with Trump, he was saying, yeah, he, he even signaled that he may not do the primary, but that he would probably step up in the general. Don't you think there'll be such pressure on Biden at that point? Or do you think he'll say no? Well, the pressure from whom? Of course, there'll be pressure from conservatives. But will there be pressure from anybody else? I'm not sure. That's just not the way the media operates anymore. There's our side. There's their side. There's nobody fair or independent left. And so I I just don't know where pressure will come from. And if Biden, remember, he'll be 82 in November next year. He doesn't want to be on a stage with Donald Trump, especially. So this could be the excuse Biden's looking for to get out of the debates, because if Donald Trump won't do it, why should Joe Biden? Have you talked about Rita yet uh, on those uh, names that he's using? No, we were just about to talk about it with Hunter Biden. What do you make of all those aliases, Ari? The three, Ah. I mean, the Robert L. Peters, the the J.R. The United States doing that? Yeah, can you find, is there any conceivable reason that he'd be doing it and seeing his son and seeing also the president of Ukraine at the time? I mean, this is amazing, Ari. Can we all stipulate the man is hiding something? I mean, the old expression where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, where there's an alias, there's somebody in hiding. And what is it they're hiding? A friend of mine over the weekend. Biden is trying to hide all his illicit When when, when when this came through, a friend of mine over the weekend says to me about, did you read, uh, uh, what was her name uh, from the New York Times? Uh, Confidence man. Maggie Haberman? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I had a feeling. I said, you know what I said? I said, 
you want a confidence man or a person close to treason? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, we're, the more we learn I mean, about Joe you know, Biden, the more sorted it gets. I like to have a confidence man that's on our side, the United States of America. Yeah, I mean, there's it is. It looks Randy so Hagel, fishy. And I love you, but that's the way I feel. Yeah, it looks fishy. And Ari, to your point, you know what I I saw today for the first time? Uh, recaps of some of the stuff on the Sunday shows and NBC and CNN. The hosts, both of them, to their credit, finally, I mean, it's like an epiphany, uh, said there's something really bad about all this stuff with Joe Biden and the Hunter Biden stuff. It seems like maybe there, maybe there's a schism happening. Isn't that interesting, Rita? And, and I think when people criticize the appointments of David Weiss's special counsel, Republicans were saying that it's insufficient, that he's not independent, that it's the wrong move. But for the first time, Democrats really started to hear, wait a minute, there's actually a possible criminal investigation of Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son? I didn't know that because I thought it was a Fox News conspiracy. So for the first time, it's starting to punch through to half the country that pays no attention to the news. And that's a sign of how serious this can be. And I hope people are taking it seriously uh, in Joe Biden's circle because he's got a lot to hide. Yeah, boy. Thank you, Thank you, uh, Thank you Ari, so much for the and comments we'll, and Robert L. Peters. And we'll talk again real soon. <laughs> and you can call me Vinny from now on. That's my <laughs> Thank you. We love you, don't, Ari. Don't drive through the, the state of Georgia. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Ari. Let's see. Right now we have John Burroughs, uh, who is an attorney at the United Nations, I believe. And... Uh, uh, he believes in the nuclear clock. Oh, you have the uh, yeah, resume? Yep. Yeah, John is also a senior analyst, and he's also uh, the former executive director of the New York-based Lawyers Committee on Nuclear Policy, and also, as you mentioned, director of the United Nations Office of International Association of Lawyers Against Nuclear Arms. Uh, John, um, you want to talk about the doomsday clock. What is it, and, and why should we be concerned? Is that, the, is that the clock down on 14th Street that tells us how much the debt is? No, <laughs> Yeah, it keeps going uh, no, up and up. <laughs> uh, the doomsday clock is run by the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. They've been doing this for decades. And every year, they set it at a certain time prior to midnight. And midnight is nuclear doomsday. And at the beginning of this year, they moved the clock up to 90 seconds before midnight. And they said they were doing that largely because the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the ensuing war have created risks of nuclear use and even all-out nuclear war higher than the world has seen since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, so what what message do you want people to oh, learn I, from I, that? I, I want to say, you know, Iran... We have President Biden right now is is helping Iran and and it looks like the Iran will get nuclear weapons. Don't you think that's more dangerous than anything? No, I don't. I I think this is a very very serious situation uh between uh the US and Russia. Uh the world, you know, and the public has been sleepwalking since the end of the Cold War and all of a sudden it becomes clear, yes, Russia and the United States still possess arsenals that can be 
world destroying. And when when there's a hot war, and the United States is involved in this hot war in almost every way possible, except by putting troops on the ground, of course uh, the nuclear risks are higher. Now it's a very good question: what should be taken away from this? What what is the bulletin recommending? What am I uh, recommending? The bulletin wants uh, nuclear risk to be taken as seriously as risks arise. Well, I think everybody does, uh, John. I mean, uh, what would you like them to do? We're not going to disarm. We disarm. We, we disarm. We're, we're going to be the next victims. Here's my view of it. I, I think the U.S. needs uh, to put a higher priority than it has on bringing the uh, Ukraine war to an end. Well, people will say, well, how do you do that? John, John, the Ukraine-Russia war is one big political game they're playing. The only people that are suffering is the Russian people and the Ukrainian people. Uh, Putin doesn't give a damn. And and Zelensky Zelensky, uh, are fine. And what's going to happen now is, uh, I mean, could you imagine President Biden saying to Zelensky, uh, it's okay to fight a war, people dying in the Ukraine, that's fine, but don't you dare cross over the line to the Ukraine. He actually said that. Into Russia. Into Into Russia. Russia, Into Russia. I mean, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, well, that's uh, and that's part uh, that's partly or mostly because of the nuclear risks. And it, it is true that also, in addition to what you said, from there are some elements in the U.S. government, they're happy to see Russia bleeding itself in this war. But the, I had this- John one last thing because we're going to go to a, a full break. I had a discussion with the a, a, a NASA person that's on climate change. And I said, you're trying to make Americans' lives miserable, and we only got 300 million Americans. We got 3 billion Chinese in India where they're building a 1,000 new coal factories a year. Don't you think that that NASA guy should be talking to them first? Well, you're absolutely right. China and India have to be involved, no question. I mean, but, but you know, we're just a, a stone. We're nothing compared to three billion people uh, building all those uh, uh, coal factories. Well, you know, until recently, the U.S. was the leader in carbon emissions. I believe that China has now surpassed the U.S. The U.S. Tenfold! Because of its economic power uh, emits a lot of carbon. It's not just population. Yeah, no, there's a lot. Well, listen, until they get on board, uh, nothing's going to change. But yeah, John, thank you. What a fascinating discussion. Thank you. you. Really interesting. We'll talk again real soon. Okay. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you. And everybody, when we come back, by the way, uh, there is talk of a plea deal for the person who masterminded the 9-11 attacks, are you kidding me? We're going to talk to the former fire commissioner during 9-11, Tom Van Essen, after the break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. And this is stunning that there may be a plea deal in the works, uh, which the 9-11 families and I think so many Americans are outraged over. 
that those who were behind the 9-11 attacks, including Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who is the mastermind of the 9-11 attacks, of course, along with Osama bin Laden and others, uh, may escape the death penalty. Uh, how is that justice? Are you kidding me? Well, joining us now is the former fire commissioner during September 11th, Tom Von Essen. Tom, so great to have you here. You wrote a really powerful comment about this. You, you, you experienced 9-11. You lost so many friends. Uh, your reaction when you hear that they're trying to cut some deal with these people of all people. Well, I, you know, I think the government, it was a really complicated situation, whether to try them in military court, federal court. No decision was ever made for lots of reasons. Peter probably knows better than me. But whatever the reasons for not doing anything, they've got a real dilemma now. These guys are in uh, Guantanamo Bay 20 years. They don't know what to do with them. So uh, when leaders are not good leaders, when they don't know what to do with something, they do nothing. So then now they're just trying to figure out a way to, you know, maybe uh, end it by giving them a plea deal, giving them life or whatever it is. But it's it's us. It's not satisfying to any of the families, to anybody who lost people that day, or to thousands of people since that have been affected by it. To all the uh, soldiers who enlisted after September 11th, went and fought on these uh, some of these other wars that were so unsuccessful. So it's just a a real hard failure again and uh, lack of leadership, in my opinion. But you can blame it on everybody over the last 20 years. Hey, Tom, this is Pete King. I thought, first of all, you know, thank you for all the great work you've done over the years, especially before, during, and after 9-11. I know the suffering you went through. But your column in the New York Post, I thought it was great last week, and you say we need leadership. I think it's important for people like you to keep that, that fight up and really get people ignited. I think a lot of people, you know, uh, 9-11 is in the rearview mirror. We have to bring it back, the horror and suffering we felt then, and to allow this guy to escape the death penalty because of lack of leadership, to me, is inexcusable. So the more good people like you can do, I think the better it's going to be. It's pathetic, by the way, Pete. I mean, I'm angry. And, Pete, we all lost friends and people we love. How is this justice? I mean, the people that were in Guantanamo, I went down there, uh, and I witnessed an interrogation, by the way, when I was down there. I was the first journalist to see the uh, the detainees, I call them the terrorists, that were down there. And and I'll tell you, to me, it, it is it is shameful. The conditions down there, they were playing ping pong when I was down there. They were playing ping pong and watching movies. So, yeah, I saw Khalid Sheikh Mohammed down there. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I mean, you know, so here he is. I mean, this is, how is this justice, Tom? And, and and this need, this cannot stand. If anybody deserves a death penalty, it's the person who masterminded the 9-11 attacks. Absolutely. You know, they, they were innocent civilians. These are not military targets. These are not military bases, CIA, government uh, institutions. These are a couple of thousand people in a building going to work every day. And then all the people are affected by it, um, you know, since then. So it, it's the most cowardly group of people you can possibly find. I mean, you see Putin doing it now, uh, bombing hospitals and schools in the Ukraine. These are not, uh, these are kind of, these are low life people. These are not just politicians. They disagree or people have different philosophical views on things. So you go to war or land or, or, or money or whatever it is. These are, to do something like that to total strangers that are just honest, decent people, and to me, you're the lowest form of life. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really sorry that these soldiers, that when they caught them the first time, didn't just put a bullet in their heads and we would have ended the situation 20 years ago. But that's not how we operate. You know, we try to, we teach our, our leaders, whether it's, police officers or soldiers to give people the benefit and bring them in and they're going to go to trial. Well, here it is 20 years later and there is no trial. There is no, 
There is no justice. There is no, I made the mistake of using the word closure once 22 years ago. I've never used it since. You just can't give people who've lost their loved one closure. There is no such thing. So you realize that all you can do is chip away at it, try to be more uh, just and fair and ethical and try to do what you know is the right thing. Some of the people, the family members are always, you know, out of control. Peter and I have talked about it so many times over the years. You you just can't convince a mother or a father of this or that. You know, they're just blind with rage and, and sorrow, and you just try to be there for them and do all you can. And we certainly, we've done a lot for them over these past uh, 22 years, but we certainly failed in this regard. And I, I don't even know the solution now, but I know one part of the solution is not to give them any kind of uh, benefit or anything like that by by giving them a plea deal. I mean, save that for the crooked politicians and and the wealthy people that take advantage of our system. They, these people are the lowest of the low and should not have that benefit. I agree. Uh, Tom Van Essen, thank you so much. Uh, really great to have you here. Uh, the fire commissioner who was there during September 11th. And, and we really appreciate all of your work. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Tom. Thank you so much. Wow. Well, let's go to Dr. Mark Siegel now, and uh, he's got some new revelations of what what's going on in our city, and uh, he's also upset about some other subjects. Uh, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, how are you? I'm doing great today, but can you believe it? This breakfast is going to get a lot of attention when you sandwich Bill O'Reilly in between Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams. What does that say right there? Oh, my God. And uh, we have John Poulos from the Dominion uh, voting machine. Do you think we should invite anybody from from Fox? Well, I'm from Fox. I'll go there and be a fly on the wall. I mean, I can't, you know, I'll have to come there under my NYU banner. I All think. right. Bring your NYU uh, pass. Uh, we're not letting anybody in from Fox, I guess. And if, anybody, if anybody's heart palpitates, you're there on hand. You know? Well, Mark, uh, you, uh, you were on Fox Business this morning, and uh, you were mad as heck about this, uh, uh, you know, what do you the call puberty. it? The LBGQ. And now at the end is AI. What does AI stand for? No, no. I, what I was talking about this morning was the whole idea of Governor Murphy of New Jersey having a sanctuary state where people come uh, from all over the country that that are trying to transition, transgender tra- transition. My issue is regarding the age of that. I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem with kids, and I have a problem with People declaring themselves I transgender. Think it's, a, it's a crime when they do that to kids. And also exactly. not and, and not exactly. telling the parents, Dr. Marks. Well, and they're not that's even telling the, the parents. So, so the joke is, and this is not a joke, it's, it's for lack of a better word, you know, L.A. County will let you know that your kid can come to school with a sniffle. But if they're, if they're transitioning, they won't tell you in, in, in certain places like Washington State and New Jersey. So the, my, what I said that got John's attention is that I believe in family. And I believe that when you're sending a child to school, you're appointing them as your representative to teach them. That's what the Bible says. So what are you teaching them? What political agenda are you superimposing on them? And then doing it as though the school has a right and the, and the parents don't. That's what got me furious. Yeah, and, I, you know, to me, the age, as you're talking about, is the issue. And you see, it's, it is becoming a battle royale. It's interesting because in New Jersey, there's three school districts that are fighting it. As you know, they, they want to make sure that parents are informed and, and they don't want to get blindsided. And yet, uh, the state and others are fighting it. 
And by the way, I, 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 and that and that's going on all over the country. And by the way, I'm not saying that that the quite opposite that that parents should decide exactly what children should learn. Parents need to be involved for sure. I think the family structure is the only thing that can save this country, and 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 it will save this country if it's if it's allowed to have some strength. But all this erosion coming from the government is deeply disturbing. Now, what I mean by Rita that it's not all all parents deciding is I want kids to learn to read and write. I want them to learn mathematics. You know, I don't want them to be learning political ideology. They're far enough behind right now right now on math because of all the pandemic dogma. Well, I, we, we all feel the same way. Uh, we have five, four people in the studio. you got to vote a 4-0 from here. <laughs> I think it's 5-0 <laughs> with them. Mark Siegel is the best. Mark Siegel is the best. And Mark, uh, you, there was a few new diseases around here. You, 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 keep, you keep track of all of them? Well, I'm actually concerned about that too because you know when when and I've been follow, I've been reporting on that on Fox and I've been interviewing people around the border and of course we've talked about how a lot of that's infiltrating our city here now. Uh, I can't wait to pose that question to the mayor next week if you let me. Which is you know this is supposed to be a sanctuary city, but our shelters are full and there's a big war going on between the governor and the mayor about where people should go. But my point of view, and I wrote about this in the New York Post, is where are the Feds. I mean, this is a federal problem we're having when you allow people to go across the border bringing diseases. We're talking about potential resurgences of polio, of measles, of hepatitis, of tuberculosis, of sexually transmitted diseases. All of this are problems. Doctor, and, it's, uh, yes. it's Richard Weinberg. You and I have talked about it before. It's a simple solution. You close the border, you reimpose Title 42. This is a public health crisis. Why is this complicated? It's not. And if you were in charge as a great, the great judge you are, maybe we would head in the right direction. I don't think it's complicated at all. And don't we have the technology, by the way, to actually screen people coming in? Or we just let them waltz in? We just let them waltz in. I don't understand how the president of the United States just allows these people to waltz in without even getting them a medical check. Yeah, and now they're putting them in communities all over the country. as And also putting them in a big ten. I mean, now they're going to be... Two or three thousand of them in one tent. Well, I mean, and, that's. And there's Floyd Battlefield, as was pointed out by, by Congressman King earlier. Floyd Battlefield, it's just a walk, hop, skip, and a jump, a walk over to the beaches. So they'll go over to the beaches and intermingle with the families. Really crazy. And Creedmoor's near a school. I mean, we've got all these issues. It's crazy, doctor. I left out, I left out the big ones also, which are dehydration and diarrheal diseases that come from lack of hygiene. And there's no way you can have hygiene. I mean, they're actually bringing showered shelters up from Florida for $20 million. The taxpayers getting hit with this. If they do the Rikers Island thing, it's $20 million a month. I mean, this is, there's a lot of money that's going to have to come, be, be brought up just because of this idea of the the magic word asylum asylum i mean don't you think the word asylum is being misused here yes yeah absolutely absolutely it is it is and no end in sight it's a total disregard doctor to the immigration laws the obligation to defend the borders and for national security and it's a a failure that we're going to pay for for generations to come even if we stopped it now if we close the borders tonight You'd have a problem for years to come. Yeah, we have millions in the country. I I have one quick thought to leave you with, by the way, on this is at the beginning of the pandemic, I was interviewing the deputy of Homeland Security at Dulles Airport. And I actually said to him, what are you doing here? I thought we were talking about public health. And he looked at me, he said, Doc, 
national security is public health. Right. And I'll never forget that. Well, scary stuff. Well, Dr. Siegel, thank you so much for coming on and keeping us informed. And uh, uh, God bless you and God bless America. Great to see you. And I'm looking forward to meeting the mayor on Saturday. Thank you. Look forward. Great. And, and uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say we have uh, John. Uh, he, we're talking about a war. Uh, boy, what a mess of what <laughs> is going on over in Russia and Ukraine. As we know, uh, Wagner Group seems to be everywhere. We've been talking about it. we were raising the alarm with the flags going up in Niger and several other African countries. And also reports of the Wagner Group uh, tipping into Poland, which is of deep concern. <laughs> Joining us now to talk about what's going on is the former U.N. ambassador, John Bolton. Uh, ambassador, how concerned should we be? This is really alarming. Well, I think the situation in Ukraine is, is alarming. And the, the fact that the Wagner Group people are now in Belarus looking across the border at Poland, the Poles are very worried about what might happen. I think the big problem, though, is that uh, uh, you're seeing leaks out of the Biden administration that the uh, spring offensive the Ukrainians have been fighting, they don't think is going to go any further. And uh, I've been worried about this for some time, that the Russians would try and take advantage of it and ask for a ceasefire negotiations. And then they would have a new de facto border that they would not give up on, but that the French, the Germans, and maybe the Biden administration uh, would agree to it. So I think the next couple of months could be uh, uh, critical in in finding out whether the Russians are going to hold all this territory they've uh, they've taken. What about the Wagner Group too? Like you know, we've been talking about them in Niger and elsewhere and other yeah, African countries. Is there countries? an update on that? Because they they put up the uh, the Russian Russian flag. flags in uh, several countries. Yeah, look, they are all over North Africa. Uh, they got in there to uh, as the. French uh, influence began to decline, and they're helping the Chinese in a number of African countries with the mineral leases that they've taken. Uh, and uh, they're, they're getting uh, a lot of these countries hooked on Russian weapons and, and the like. And uh, it's extraordinarily dangerous because the more anarchic uh, uh, North Africa becomes, the greater chance of terrorists taking root there. They're already all throughout Libya. The Europeans are worried, but uh, ultimately their destination could be here, too. And Wagner Group has been in the Middle East even longer than it's been in Africa, stirring up trouble. Yeah, that is a huge, huge concern. Uh, And it it just makes you wonder what is up. Also, you know, we haven't heard that much about Belarus of late, but with everything going on right there at the border, that is such a huge issue. You know, I'm half Polish, so I can tell you the Poles are really freaked out about reports of Wagner kind of tipping in over the Polish border of late. That's really scary. Well, it is. It uh, it would involve attacking a NATO country, yep. so I think they're going to be a little cautious about that. But I think the, the more immediate concern is that uh, Putin and, and his friends in Russia would like nothing more than just to reabsorb Belarus and make it part of Russia again. Uh, it may suit them for a while to keep this fiction up that Belarus is independent, but uh, Lukashenko, the ruler in Belarus, really owes staying in his presidential palaces to Putin's help. So he's not going to act very independent of what Putin wants. He hasn't so far in the Ukraine war. Ambassador, it's Judge Richard Weinberg. Can you explain to me why the Wagner Group has not been declared a terrorist organization yet? Well, what are we waiting for? I think it's part of the regular army of uh, of Russia. What do, what do you think, uh, Ambassador? Well, in theory, it's what they call a private military company. Now, of course, Putin says there are no such things, and I'd like to know what the Wagner Group is. It's Let's face it, it's part of an internal struggle in 
Russia. We saw evidence of that uh, six, six or so weeks ago, and I, I don't think that struggle's over yet. Uh, but Prigozhin, the head of it, is very close to Putin and uh, and has helped Putin out in any number of situations before. So it's uh, it acts like a terrorist group the way it's fought. Much of the war in Ukraine has been uh, really despicable. But unfortunately, that's also true of much, much of the regular Russian army. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're all ruthless. You know, the other thing, too, is you brought up whatever happened. Remember, it was like the fake coup. What what I mean, they pretended like they're, oh, it's a coup. And he, was then, on, he was on Putin's side. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Clearly, the fix was in. I mean, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. It's look. We we he is still alive. That that tells you more than anything else. Since uh, most thought he would he would not be by this point. But I think what they've done is uh, just shelve the differences temper uh, for for a short period of time. They they need to worry about what happens on the ground in Ukraine militarily. And uh, if they distract themselves with internal Russian. Uh, politics, uh, it'll give the Ukrainians a chance that they don't want to let them have. So I think they've gritted their teeth. And, and as I say, it's not over, but I don't think it's uh, on the front burner in Moscow today. John, what do you see happening with Iran right now? I'm, I don't want to divert continents and everything, but I mean, with Iran and, uh, you know, what is the Biden administration up to? Well, I think <laughs> they're still in the process of uh, of trying to get back into the to the nuclear deal. They're talking possibly about more uh, hostage swaps, uh, uh, unfreezing more Iranian assets. Uh, all the while, their chief Iran negotiator, Rob Malley, is still suspended from his duties uh, because of concerns about mishandling classified information. It's, uh, they've acknowledged that State Department's Diplomatic Security Bureau is looking at it. It's been reported in the press. The FBI is looking about at it. This suspension uh, apparently took place in April. That's four months ago, and we don't we don't know what the outcome is. But uh, it's. Uh, I think it's very serious. It really cast a cloud over everything the administration has done and, on Iran. And John, is there a, it, was that a positive development with Korea, Japan, and the president meeting at Camp David? Uh, I was surprised at how successful it was. I got to give Biden credit for it. You know, uh, Pete, the the ability to get Japan and South Korea to cooperate trilaterally with us, as opposed to simply U.S. South Korea, U.S. Japan, is a huge step forward. Now, they've got a lot of work to do, but the historical animosities between South Korea and Japan have prevented that in the past. If we can get effective three-way cooperation militarily on security issues, it will have an economic impact as well. And not only will it be good for the United States in Northeast Asia and for South Korea and Japan, it will send a signal throughout the Indo-Pacific that the United States is worried about China. Well, thank you, Ambassador John Bolton, and for bringing the American people up to date. And thank you for everything you've done and continue to do for our country. Well, glad to be with you. Thank you, John. Thank you. And, uh, guys, at the end of another show, uh, another record-setting uh, 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 numbers for our show. And uh, it just... Uh, well, we hit on all the hot topics here. Oh, That's we why. And we there. had the greatest guests, too, right. the greatest folks in studio here yep. with us. And I, I like your your controversy with uh, Bill. Yeah, you were on fire. Did you stand back and watch the Irish guys fight? Yes. Yeah, yes. I stand that. back. Get out of the way when the Irish guys are fighting. <laughs> uh, thank you all. And uh, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American way. way. God bless America. And pray because America, we do need help.